You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here with you guys this morning to wrap up our series on the five big Q's. Let me pull up my Bible because you know I'm going to use it. So let me do that really quick. Okay, got it. Father, thank you for this broadcast today. Thank you that you are gathering listeners from all over the globe, Father, because it's time. It's time for the body of Christ to get in position. It is time for us to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works. It is time, Father, for us to be your hands and your feet and to not just preach the gospel, Father, to the poor, but demonstrate who Jesus is. Demonstrate that he is who he says he is. He can do miraculous things uh, because he's alive still today and that he is working through us. And so, Father, as we jump in to today's broadcast, I thank you that we are being led by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am yielded completely, Father. I thank you that you're thinking through my mind and that this message is a word in due season for every single person listening, Father. Thank you that it's a divine appointment and that there is revelation to be gleaned from today's uh, topic, that, Father, uh, you are speaking through the Holy Spirit at the same time that I'm speaking And so we just release your agenda for today's broadcast, and we thank you, Father, for shifting what needs to be shifted, for exposing what needs to be exposed, Father, in in a way that transforms us. You're showing us the truth that sets us free. And so we just say yes. We say yes to all of it, and we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We are rounding out the series on the five big cues today. I'm looking at this kind of strange shadow on my face. There we go. And so anyway, we're going to be hopping in. If you've been listening and following this series, which I know a lot of you have because we've been getting some awesome feedback from you, you know that we have been going through what I call the five big cues of life, the five big questions of life. And these are the questions that really I walk people through in my book, Path to Purpose. It's the five questions that we encounter God and get his answers to in my work in in Emerge School of Transformation. And these are just foundational life transforming questions. I really know with all of my heart that they are the most important questions that we as humans, that we as followers of Jesus will ever ask and answer. And the five questions, just for those of you that aren't uh, familiar with them, are this. So the first question is, who is God? The second cue is, who am I? The third cue is, why am I here? The fourth question is, where am I headed? And the fifth question, which we'll be going through today, is how do I get there? So I really encourage you, if you haven't listened to the previous uh, podcast and haven't gone back and 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 uh, reviewed those, that really this is designed to be a series that builds upon each lesson. Not that you won't get something out of today. You most definitely will. But I encourage you to listen to all of it. And, you know, these questions are unfortunately... Uh, not questions that a lot of us have really taken the time and set aside uh, some time with God to really dig into. In fact, if we just, and I talk to people every day about, you know, where they are on their journey with God and where they are to fulfilling their purpose. 
And, you know, when we talk about the answers to these questions, these are not generic answers, right? So this isn't an answer to who is God that you would read like in one of the creeds or something like God is my savior, God is my deliverer, God is my healer, God is my friend, God is my, you know, all of these like descriptions of God that we, you know, we can rattle off. No, these are revelatory answers, revelatory answers that are specific to you. Okay. So, and they build on one another. So your answer to who is God is not just about, you know, generic attributes of God. This is about truly the revelation of who God is to you, but it's also the revelation of the, of, of who God is from the perspective of what you carry, right? This is a unique revelation of God that is applicable really to your life, to your purpose. And as you walk through the cues, it really unfolds into the reason that you're here, the work that you're here to do, the vision that God has for your life. And this last cue about how do I get there is really a very practical question with the practical answers. I mean, there are generic uh, answers to how do I fulfill my purpose or how do I get there or how do I get to my destination? How do I fulfill the vision that God has given me for my life? I mean, the generic answers are, number one, by living in union with Jesus, by understanding your identity in Christ by recognizing that your potential is not just human, that you are a divine, uh, you are divine uh, creation, a new creation that's been recreated in Christ for supernatural exploits. And so understanding those pieces of how you get there are, are required. They're foundational. But there's also other things that need to go into the conversation, you know, and, and I, I don't want to just glean over the first part of this because identity is everything when we are talking about purpose and when we are talking about these cues and talking about you getting to the end of your life, having completed the work that the father gave you to do. Um, identity really is everything because your purpose is bigger than you. It's designed to be accomplished uh, supernaturally as you abide in the vine. The Father does the work through you. Really, we are designed to live the exact way that Jesus lived in his earthly ministry, in, in union and oneness with the Father, where we are not leaning on our own understanding. We are doing what the Father is doing. We are saying what the Father is saying. And truthfully, I know this may sound a little blasphemous if you haven't really, you know, connected your head around this yet, but really when people see you, they should be able to see the father because the, the you that most of us relate out of, that most of us live out of, honestly is crucified. There is no you apart from Christ. Uh, you, the you that kind of this identity that we've grown up with, that we've formed through our life experiences that lives in this, this delusion and this deception of being separate from God has got to be eradicated from your consciousness. It's got to, and I say consciousness, meaning from the way that you operate on the planet. You know, I talk, we show up in life every day. You know, I talk a lot about, as my students are going through Emerge, about that God is really, uh, 
upgrading your operating system, kind of like a computer where you're just upgrading completely to a whole new way of operating. And that way of operating is as a son of God who lives in union with God. And so this revelation of your identity that exists inside of Christ is absolutely fundamental. And I can tell you that um, this is not the way that the majority of believers are living and operating today. In fact, we are uh, inundated with messages from uh, you know the Christian world and uh, that really perpetuate a religious identity that exists apart from God. And it, it causes us to toil. It causes us to struggle. It causes us to try to get something from God up in heaven rather than realizing that heaven is within us. And we operate from this place of separateness. And so I cannot overemphasize the importance of us getting established in our oneness and our union with Jesus, that Christ is in us. And it is the hope, it is the potential of glory, the glory that is in us, that is the inheritance of the saints. You know, I talk a lot about the, the, the prayers of the Apostle Paul, where he, you know, he prayed that that the eyes of our understanding um, and the, to the church of Ephesus, he prayed this in chapter one, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and they would know the hope of their calling. And the hope of our calling is Christ in us. It's the mystery. It's the point of the gospel that we have now been uh, united with God. And the way that we live now is by abiding in him and that when we abide in him, he abides in us. And it doesn't mean that he he doesn't abide in us when we're not abiding in him. It just means that we aren't aware of the truth and we're living out of a false identity. So I really cannot overemphasize and it wouldn't be really appropriate for me to jump into this. How do we get there without um, really emphasizing and stressing the importance of identity? You cannot really have a, a a conversation about purpose, a conversation about your identity without, uh, with your destiny rather, without really uh, understanding that identity is everything. It, it is, it is who we are. It's who we sh- show up in the world every single day. And until we get that established, we really can't even begin to receive our purpose. We can't really begin to, which is, you know, the why am I here? We can't really begin to uh, receive the vision, which is where am I headed? We can't really begin to receive our destiny. And so it's kind of pointless to have a conversation about how we get there. And I, just to, to prove a couple of points, you know, the Apostle Paul really didn't receive his destiny and did not receive the vision for his life and did not receive who he was because of his beliefs about the gospel and his beliefs about himself and these religious ideas about God. And it wasn't until he received the gospel and really started to understand that he was an apostle. He was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. I mean, his understanding of the gospel was foundational to him fulfilling his destiny. And that is true for all of us. We have to get the gospel from a perspective of our oneness and our union with God. Okay. I want to just, um, Go to a couple of places before I hop into some other key things that we need to talk about today about how do we get um, to our to our destiny? How do we fulfill our purpose? How do we get there? And I want to go to John 17. Um, I love the book of John. In fact, in Emerge, in the very first week during orientation, we have all of our students read through it. 
You know, John is the apostle that really is known because of his intimacy with Jesus. He called himself the, you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I just love John's revelation of Jesus as light. Um, and just the, the way that he approaches, uh, describing Jesus. I just love it. But we're going to go to John 17. And this is really, I mean, I know we call the Lord's Prayer, you know, from Matthew 6. But to me, this prayer is Jesus's finest recorded prayer. I mean, it is just such a powerful prayer. And this is the prayer that he prayed before he was going to the cross, before he was glorified. And there's so much beautiful revelation in this chapter. But um, and I really want to go to a couple of, I mean, I, I teach out of this all the time, so it's really hard for me to come in and just teach on the specific topic, but I will control myself. Let's go to verse four, because this is the point, right? It's he, Jesus says this, he says, I have talking to the father. He says, I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything that you've told me to do. Okay. In other translations, it says, I have glorified you here on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And then if we keep going down here, he starts talking about, he starts praying for his disciples and he doesn't just pray for the disciples, but he prays for us. He prays for those of us that weren't alive during this time, that we're going to believe the gospel. We're going to hear the gospel um, through the disciples. And here's what he says. Um, I'm just going to start reading in verse 20 because he's praying for us. He says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them to all be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us. So the world will recognize that you sent me. Listen to verse 22. It says, for the very glory you have given me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. In verse 23, he says, you live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. It says, Father, I ask that you allow everyone you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of the time. Um, you are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are and will continue to make you even re more real to them so that they may experience the same endless, endless love that you have for me. And your love will now live in them even as I live in them. And so there is so much jam-packed in these scriptures about our oneness with Jesus and the purpose of his mission and how our union with God is the key to really uh, testimony, uh, to, to our testimony that Jesus is who he says he is. 
And it is, it is really cannot be overemphasized. And, and I, I wanted to start with those scriptures because, you know, you hear me talk about union all the time. It is the foundation of my message because it's the foundation of the cross. It's the foundation of, uh, the gospel. Christ was, uh, not just dying for your sins, he was dying as your sins, and you were there vicariously with him on the cross. It is the mystery uh, of the gospel is that we are co-identified with him completely. We were crucified, we were buried, we were raised, and we were we are ascended with him. And we now are in the place that he is. This is a fulfilled prayer. Okay, this isn't a future fulfillment. It has been fulfilled. We are now seated in heavenly places in Christ. We are where Jesus is, and now we can see what he sees. And so these truths are an integral part of answering the question, how do I get there? We must understand the gospel. We must get to the space where we are living and operating out of our union with Jesus. So, I just had to take a minute, kind of a longer introduction, but it is, I can't answer the question without emphasizing this because the how we do this has everything to do with our relationship and our intimacy with God. It's being able to operate as a son of God where we are being led by the spirit and we are following the Holy Spirit. And the second piece that I really want to get, to get into before, you know, I guess just next here is that we must also understand how to operate supernaturally. Okay, we cannot operate out of our own human wisdom if we are going to fulfill our destiny. We absolutely must be able to hear the instructions of God, the directions of God, and follow them. And we must be able to live from a place where our spiritual senses are activated, that we can hear the voice of God. You hear me talk about being able to hear the voice of God on demand. This is not only possible, it is normal. We cannot be led by the Spirit when we cannot understand where he's, what he's doing and what he's saying and where, what he's asking us to do specifically. Okay, this is, I mean, can you imagine trying to get directions somewhere and it, the directions are just vague? <clears throat> no, I mean, we need to up our expectation and we need to require that we have direct uh, instructions and we have clear instructions from God so that we can follow him. And for the most part, this is not what we're being taught in, in from pulpits every Sunday. We're being taught principles. We're being taught, you know, kingdom principles and, and ways, you know, 17 ways to get your blessing from God and get God to heal you and move. And, and we follow these principles instead of following a person, following the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that principles aren't important. In fact, everything Jesus did in his earthly ministry through his union with the Father is in fact a principle. When he spoke to the fig tree and told us to speak to the mountain, that is a principle. It is a, it is a, you know, the operation of faith is a law. But operating in these principles apart from a person is not what Christianity is about. Okay. You can do that as a new ager. You can do principles work for anybody that works then, but that is not the way that we get into our destiny. We get into our destiny through intimacy with God, through living in a place that Jesus enjoyed with the father, where we are just doing what we see him doing and, 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 and yielded to him so that he is moving through us. So in order to do that, we have to have 
activated spiritual senses. We have to be able to hear God clearly, as clearly as our own thoughts. We have to be able to understand what does it mean to have spiritual eyes? What is the role of our imagination in connecting with the spirit realm? And frankly, we have to get out of the business of glorifying the devil. I mean, I hear Christians talk about the devil more than they talk about the cross. You know, we have confidence that we can hear from the devil. Everybody's already always under attack. Well, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't be living in that state if you were hearing the voice of God, because when we focus on what God is doing, we don't even have time. Like you're, you just, you know, he says the voice of a stranger, they, they don't even, we don't even recognize because we're too busy hanging out in the glory, hanging out in heaven, uh, connected with the spirit realm and, and the angelic and the agenda of God. And of course, I mean, if the enemy shows up, you deal with it, but it's not a focus. It's not a focus. It, it is an absolute <clears throat> distraction. And, and I know that this is counterculture sometimes, counter cult, cult, uh, church culture to what we, 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 we've been taught. We've been taught a, you know, a spiritual warfare paradigm, frankly, rather than a intimacy with God and union paradigm. And, and that's why we, we experience such little fruit in our lives because the fruit of the spirit is peace. It's joy. It's patience, it's gentleness, it's, uh, you know, faithfulness. It's all of the fruit of the spirit. And if we are not experiencing that in our disposition, I, I want to propose that we have the wrong focus. And so I I'm not, on, I'm not on a sidetrack here, but the point is, is that we must be able to communicate with God. And this is not hard. It's so simple. Little children do it much better than adults uh, because we've really been talked out of our innocence. We've been talked out of the power of our imagination. We've been talked out of operating from a place of make-believe or a place where we think that all things are possible. And so we really have to become like a little child and we have to get to the place where we are living in a place of dependency upon God. And what that really means is that we can hear him and obey him, you know, and his instructions are very clear and we can have conversations and it is not weird. It is normal. Okay. It is normal. And I am empowering people every single day to live this way. I've been doing this for over 20 years at this point. So this isn't something you can talk me out of. This is for every one of us. Every one of us should be so prophetic. We should be seeing signs and wonders to such a degree that people think, oh my gosh, you must be, you know, John G. Lake, or you must be Smith Wigglesworth. You must be these greats, these revival greats. When truthfully, you're just a believer. You're, I mean, not just a believer. Believers are the most powerful things on the planet. So we just, we, we, we have to get into that space of, of making this a priority. And I'm, you know, and it's easy and it's simple and it's relational and it's not what we have been taught a lot of times. And it's not as difficult as we think. It's really, um, required and, and, and simple. Um, because we have to be able to follow his instructions. Okay. Which really brings me to the next point is we have to be discipled. In a, in, and when I say discipled, I mean, we have to surround ourselves with people that can help us get established in our identity and established into our sonship. We need discipleship. In fact, that's part of our great commission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And in order to do that, 
It, it just means that we're disciplers and we are being discipled. And I don't mean this in any um, kind of weird way. It just means that we need connection. We need connection to gifts in the body of Christ that are uh, on assignment to equip you to equip you to for the work of your ministry. So I want to just go to Ephesians 4 here for a moment that talks about these gifts that were given by Jesus to the body of Christ and, and for what the Apostle Paul calls the equipping of the saints. Okay, what does this mean? So let me just go here. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. I think it'll show, I think it'll, you know, read in a way that we can understand it. Uh, in verse seven, it says he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven. And after he first after he first descended from the heights of heaven, even to the lower regions, namely the earth. And the same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. I mean, these scriptures are worth reading, okay? Um, that we are his captured ones and we ascended with him into the heavenly realms. And he descended and ascended for this purpose to begin the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. In verse 11, he says this, and he has appointed some with the grace to be apostles and some with the grace to be prophets and some with the grace to be evangelists and some with the grace to be pastors and some with the grace to be teachers. And this is their calling. Okay. These are called the fivefold ministry. Okay. So this is prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, fivefold gifts that that Jesus gave to men. And here's what it, their calling is, these fivefold gifts. And in verse 12, it says, and their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. You could put in there to fulfill their purpose, to fulfill their destiny. And it says, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. In verse 13, it says these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience, listen to this, the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then... Our immaturity will end. We will not be easily shaken by trouble or led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lives. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. And our direction and ministries, listen to this, will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively through the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in, uh, made perfect in love. I'll tell you, this is worth reading again because it is absolutely imperative 
that you are connected to the right grace gifts. And what I mean by that, I do not mean in, in the way that many of us have been taught. This is not an over under structure. This is an empowering structure where these grace gifts are actually under you and, 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 re, and, and really empowering you to rise into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, where you are operating as a son of God, hearing God and directly getting your direction from God. And you are empowered to change the world through Christ. Okay. This is not about so many paradigms that are out there. I mean, one that I grew up under some for a season was, you know, one man, one vision, no confusion. And then everybody was under the vision of the, of the, you know, woman of God or the man of God or whatever. And so everybody was, you know, under the structure. No, this is a, a, a foundational structure that is equipping the body of Christ to go, to go and fulfill their, the vision God has given them. And I'm not saying that God doesn't connect people to, to joint visions and that these things are not, that we don't, we do things collectively. Of course we do, but we are empowered. We are free and sons are led by the spirit of God. Okay. Our goal is not to get you dependent on us. It's to get you independent of us and into perfect union and perfect connection. It is to support. It is to cheer you on. It is to equip and it is to help you get into your destiny. And honestly, it's a mind renewal project where we are truly uh, here to help uh, you understand the gospel, make it your own, get into a place of revelation so that you are transformed. You are transfigured by the renewing of your mind. And so I cannot underestimate uh, it, the importance of it matters who you hang with. It matters what you hear. You know, Jesus said in um, Mark chapter four, uh, after the parable of the sower, you know, he talked about, be careful what you're hearing because the measure that you, you give to what you're hearing will be the measure of what, you know, the measure that comes forth. And what that means is that we, we need the right spiritual food. Okay. Just like in the natural where we, we eat food and we grow and we grow strong. And if you eat, if you eat junk or you eat, you know, you don't have the right nutrients, you can't grow. Scripturally, the apostle Paul talks about milk and meat. Okay. And it says that those who not, are not skilled in the word of righteousness still need milk. And the word of righteousness simply means that you are righteous in Christ, that you, you are perfect. You are holy. You are blameless because you live in union with Jesus. And you, if you are struggling with condemnation, if you are living out of an identity that is separate from Christ, well, you're still in need of milk. But the problem is, and this is true, guys. It's sometimes it's a lot of it's hard. It's hard in, in this hour sometimes to find milk. And then we move because the, the, the true gospel uh, is sometimes hard to find because there's so much separation that's being being propagated out in our world. And so this process of growing up into the fullness of Christ and getting into your destiny, into your purpose, this maturation process is designed to be something that requires you to be connected to the right gifts. Now, um, let me just chat a little bit about the purpose of these five gifts or kind of the grace and the way that that grace operates. Okay. Um, I don't talk a whole lot about it here in my podcast because honestly, I am on such an assignment. I don't talk about it 
a lot, frankly, because I'm on such an assignment to help people detox from religion, to help people detox from religious structures and from, frankly, the control that exists in those structures and to really help deconstruct re religious ideas that we have about God and about ourselves that we've been taught by the world system. We've been taught in our religious systems. And so whenever I talk about the fivefold ministry gifts, it's really easy <clears throat> to get into a paradigm around this that is also in that religious structure. And so I don't talk about it a lot. In fact, it's one of the reasons why, even though I <clears throat> am called into ministry, excuse me, I need to get a, uh, a drink of water. And I have been called into ministry since I've been called into operating in these, these graces since the early 2000s. It's one of the reasons why uh, we have structured our school and everything else that we do in a non-traditional format. That is completely revealed uh, by God. I could have never guessed that we would be operating out of the paradigm that we are today. Um, but that is the way that God has led us because you, it is very difficult to detox from something that you are under and in every single day. And I said it, I think, last uh, broadcast when I said, you know, it's kind of like when you're detoxing from religion, it's like an alcoholic going to the bar. You know, you really, there, you, you've got to, you've got to detox. You've got to get out of the system for a minute so that you can begin to, 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 to be free. And so I'm just sharing that because it's not like I come out here all the time and talk about, you know, that I'm an apostle, that I'm a prophet, that I'm a teacher. You're not going to see prophetess Shalice on my business card. And it's not because I don't own the fact that I operate in these graces or the fact that this is what I'm called to do from a scriptural perspective. It's just that we have tons and tons of religious ideas about what these titles mean and what these what these people are like, what is an apostle? What is a prophet? What is their gift? What are they here to do? What is a pastor? I mean, our churches primarily in the West are driven out of a pastoral model where pastors are leading churches and truthfully, scripturally, that's not the way it was, but I'm not here to bash, you know, necessarily the way things are today. I'm here to help people understand that, the kingdom is bigger than church. The kingdom is bigger than a religious system. The kingdom is inside of us. The kingdom is a dimension. It's where we live. It's, it's, it's our inheritance. And these grace gifts that operate in the kingdom and operate to equip uh, followers of Jesus into their destiny, into their purpose, have a purpose, right? And so I just want to take a minute here to chat about each of these grace gifts. Okay, there's uh, apostolic gifts are, are really senders. They're senders, they're sent ones. Um, they operate like spiritual parents to a degree in the sense that they see people um, as they are in heaven. They're very connected in the spirit realm. In other words, these are people that, you know, sometimes think more about heaven than they do about earth. Um, and it, it's a good thing. You know, I joke that I, I work in the DMV of heaven. <laughs> and what that means is that I just, by grace, it's a grace that's on my life. I have the ability to just see people. I see their destiny. I see their identity. I see them as they are in Christ. And it's not because I'm so holy or because I'm so good. This is a gift. And that gift is necessary because a lot of times, guess what? You don't see yourself correctly. And when you are renewing your mind and you're breaking old habits and you're breaking old patterns and you're coming into the knowledge of the truth of who you are, 
having someone that sees you is a really powerful thing because we, it's easy to forget how powerful you are. It's easy to forget that you are one with Jesus. It's easy for you to forget that the same works that Jesus did, you are equipped to do. And so these gifts are about training you in the supernatural. They're about releasing you into the realm of signs and wonders and operating supernaturally as a son of God. They're growing you up, feeding you the milk so that you can grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Okay, and then the prophetic gifts are here um, to activate your spiritual senses. They are here to make you prophetic. They are here to help you hear the voice of God, to operate in the realm of dreams and visions and the way the prophetic operates. And it's not just about standing up on a platform and prophesying the future. Not that that doesn't happen, but you know, we've come to a place in the prophetic movement here in the United States where people are living off of these prophetic words rather than hearing God for themselves. And true prophetic ministry should be a confirmation of what you're already sensing, what you're already discerning, because you're hearing God and you're having your own encounters and you're having your own experiences with God. And so prophets are here to make the body of Christ prophetic because we need prophetic everything. We need prophetic store clerks. We need prophetic uh, EMTs. We need prophetic teachers. We need people that are connected to the voice of God and operating in union with God so that every encounter that you have with them is not just natural, but it is supernatural. And, and when that is the way the kingdom is designed to work, we're all connected. We're all hearing. We're all moving. We're all supernatural. We're all miracle workers. <clears throat> and the goal of the prophetic, <clears throat> excuse me, is to get you into the place where you're hearing and seeing. Okay, obviously teachers, let's talk about that. Teachers are expounders of the word, right? So these are these scholars that just live for the Hebrew, live for the Greek, live to really uh, teach from a revelatory standpoint the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we all need to be taught, right? I mean, we, we, we can, we have the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, but this is the beautiful thing about supernatural teachers in the body of Christ that while they're talking, the Holy Spirit is doing the teaching. I mean, I know for a fact that when I'm talking, I don't even know half the time what I'm saying because I do teach prophetically, but I know the Holy Spirit is speaking. I know that people get things out of the teachings that I do that I don't even, I don't even know how it happens because it's supernatural teaching. And so the Holy Spirit is the teacher that is working through the teachers that are teaching you the precepts, teaching you uh, how to know Jesus intimately, teaching you the gospel, teaching you that you are a new creation, under, helping you understand union. And it's very practical, but it's also revelatory. And obviously there's all kinds of amazing teachers <clears throat> that we can that we can eat from and the holy spirit will lead you to the right ones. You know what? I'm not listening to the same teachers that I was 15 years ago. Why? Because I got what that teacher taught and then I moved on to the next lesson. And so being led by the holy spirit <clears throat> in the diet that you're you're eating is absolutely crucial. You know? And you know, the cool thing is the holy spirit can teach us through anything. And you know, I I can read books that aren't even, you know, remotely spiritual in nature or written by from a Christian perspective and the Holy Spirit can teach me. So these teachers come in all kinds of packages, but the, 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 the primary purpose is to, again, help you grow up and get into your destiny. Okay. Pastors are usually the gift that we're most familiar with. They are incredible gifts, right? These are the gifts that 
um, shepherd our souls. And what I mean by that is they care for our souls. They care for our uh, our emotions. They, 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 they help us feel safe. They, they, they feel like family. They, they are the ones that care for, um, the, you know, us and our needs when we're going through things. They, they're gatherers of, of, of family, right? And so pastoral gifts, I mean, I, my favorite thing about a pastoral gift is usually I just, when it's a, a real strong pastoral gift on someone, I'll feel better just in their presence. They have the ability to comfort. They have the ability to um, help the body of Christ mature in their relationships, in in the way that they relate to one another, and practically understand what love is like, what marriage is is supposed to be. I mean, it's a very practical, um, necessary gift for us to grow up in love. And then obviously evangelists are here to equip the body of Christ to evangelize. They're not just the ones out there sharing Jesus with people. They are equipped for us to love people well, to be in relationship with people well, to operate in the supernatural so that we can, our witness is authentic and we can lead others into the, into an intimate relationship with Jesus. And so I just shared that. I took some time to share that today because having the right gifts having the right voices, having the right tribe, having the right, having, being set in the body of Christ as it pleases the Father, having the right connections is so very important for you to get into your purpose and your destiny. And the other piece that I just want to just wrap up with today is that we cannot underestimate strategy. We cannot underestimate the practical things that are necessary for us to get into our destiny. And what I mean by that is we have to have skills. Okay. If you, I don't care what your calling is and what your, what your gifts may be. There is a, a I don't know if you want to call it a, a development phase of your gifts and, and a strategy makes the difference in, in everything. And yes, the Holy Spirit is a giver of strategy, but the Holy Spirit is probably going to connect you to people that have the strategy that you need in order to fulfill your destiny. So if you are called into entrepreneurship, well, you need entrepreneurial skills. If you are called into ministry, you need to understand what that ministry looks like and what types of skills you need in order to be effective in that ministry. If you're called to be a nurse, you need obviously training to be a nurse. I mean, there are practical strategies that you need to do anything that you're called to do. If you're called to write a book, well, guess what? You need to know how to write. If you're called to, uh, I mean, I could just go on and on with examples. And I will tell you what grieves me so much sometimes in the body of Christ is that, what you know, and I, I don't want to underestimate the spiritual and the supernatural. Let, let, me, let me be clear. Like I live in this realm. I mean, I am the supernatural spiritual girl, off in heaven, time travel, you know, all of that. Translation, you name it, raise the dead, all of that. Yes, 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 yes. Woo, yes. But at the end of the day, there's some practical stuff. Okay. There is, there are practical strategies. There are disciplines. There are character things. There are practical things that we need to understand. There is accounting. There is money to manage. There are, uh, communication skills that need to be developed. There are leadership qualities that we need to grow into. And there is a wisdom that comes from you know, developing in these areas so that you can actually stand in the position of influence that you are called to carry. Um, 
There are practical things. There are very practical things, things like morning rituals, things like taking care of yourself, things, things that, that can seem unspiritual, can seem, you know, they, they just seem like unimportant or lesser than the spiritual development. But I will tell you the reason that the majority of people that know their purpose but aren't able to get into it today, I mean, number one is because they're not hearing God. But they're, it, it's, it, here's the thing. Hearing God comes through a paradigm. And the paradigm that we operate through comes through many times practical things that we understand. <laughs> you know, um, the business background that I have is very, very relevant to what I do. Launching people into ministry, launching people into purpose. I use my accounting degree. I use my knowledge of, you know, how to form companies, how to form nonprofits. How do you follow the tax laws? What's the best organization for this particular cause? How do we fund this thing? Where do the revenue streams come from? How do we manage it when it comes in? How do we build a team? How, how do we actually walk into the influence that we're designed to carry? These things do not fall out of the sky. Systems are key. We need systems. We need strategies. We need to operate in the wisdom that it takes to build uh, anything, right? You just don't go and build a house without having a blueprint and under having the right craftsman in the right place so that the thing is actually sound and you can turn the water on and it works. And so if you're going, if you're called to to write a book, you know, there's a there's a strategy around that so that you develop a book that changes people's lives. If there's, if you're called to do a business, there is marketing, there is advertising, there is, there are functions that have to actually operate. You know, if you're called to plan a church, there are systems, you're, you're caring for people. There's, there's things that you have to implement. And this is a weakness in the majority of people that, that, are, are stuck, right? They're stuck. They're just not having the influence that they know that they're supposed to have. They're not producing the results and the impact that they're called to make. And m many, many, many times it's, it's, you know, a combination of these things. There's an intimacy with God issue and then there's a practical issue, right? And so that is a key piece of it as well. And it's also, you know, frankly, why we are seeing the results that we see in my, in my school and in the work that I do with, with uh, our students. It's because we combine both. And it's important that you combine both. And, and I feel that, and I'm just going to say this because it's on top of my mind and this is Holy Spirit, but, you know, a lot of what we do in the body of Christ is we go from conference to conference, from thing to thing, from revival to revival, and we never really connect in the way with the, with the gifts and with the, the leaders and the mentors and the coaches and the people that we need that have the information that is necessary in order for us to really fulfill our destiny. You know, in my own life, I have had mentors. I have had people that have poured into my life. Uh, I mean, incredibly so. Right. I invest heavily in coaching. I, I will not have a, another, I will have a coach for the rest of my life. These are people that are doing the things that you're called to do. These are people that have the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to get you there. 
And in the body of Christ, we have had a paradigm that it's just me and Jesus and just me and Jesus. And that's all that we need. And it's not the case. And I would not be uh, telling you the truth or really equipping you accordingly if I did not share that with you. So let me wrap up today by inviting you to schedule a breakthrough call with our team. Okay, we um, are... We, we do this day in and day out. We help people get unstuck. We help point people in the direction that of what is next for them on their journey to getting established in their identity, to hearing God on demand, to understanding the vision that God has for their life, to answering the five big cues and getting them into purpose. You know, personally, the success of my life depends on or is measured by the, how many people ultimately fulfill their destiny in union with Jesus. I don't measure it on the number of people that enroll in my school. I don't measure it on any other metric except how many people are operating as sons, how many people are changing the world, how many people are fulfilling their destiny and, and walking in the vision and fulfilling the vision that God has for their life, that he planned and ordained before the foundation of the world. And so, beloved, we are here as a resource and I, I want you to connect. I want to uh, provide you with the, the wisdom and whatever it else, any resource that we have at our disposal to help you uh, get unstuck and on the path to purpose and in that place where you are on the way to your destiny. And so... Uh, Mercy will put the link here in this in this broadcast. It'll be on uh, available for those of you that are listening to the podcast. You can always um, uh, get it here in the in the Path to Purpose group. Uh, if you have not watched my training on the five keys to hearing God clearly to get into your purpose, go and watch it. Um, there's an invitation to get on a call at the end of that training and and just just take advantage of the the resources that are here for you. So. That's it for today. I uh, am going to end in prayer because we all need it. <laughs> and Father, I just thank you that you are giving people ears to hear what needs to be heard. I thank you, Father, that people are open to what you are instructing them to do. And that while it may feel like a step of faith, I thank you, God, that you are the one that is on the other side, uh, paving the road with every single step that they take. So I just release boldness to, to shift, to shift what they're doing, to do something different, to take a step of faith towards uh, whatever it is that you're asking them to do. And I thank you, Father, that you are going to continue to speak to everyone, even after we end the broadcast today, that, Father, this is the, that you are the one that's leading. You are the one that's guiding. And so we get on your agenda. We just surrender our agenda. We surrender our plans. We surrender I, I, our ideas and our understanding. And we, we say yes to what you are doing. We say yes. And we thank you that you are able to make it clear. You're able to make it simple. And you're able to make it easy to, to follow. And so we just rely on you. We thank you and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. All right, you guys. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and weekend. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalisa's book, The Path, 
for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.